0: I'm Alex, and this is the Geordie Guide to Happiness. We're back for a fourth episode talking to a special guest about what happiness means to them and what they do to maintain positive well-being. I'm here in our virtual studio with the rest of the podcast team, Kath, Chris and Dom. Hello, everyone. Hi, Alex. How's everyone uh, doing this week?
1: Very good. It's fish and chips day today. (laughs) From the Great North Chippy on the Great North Road. Uh, So I've had... Yeah. I, I didn't have it very long ago. I just warn you. And I've had a can <laughs> of seven up with it. So I'm a little bit Windy Pops. Uh, so anything could happen in the next half hour.
0: <laughs> well, carrying, carrying on the food theme, I was at Fat Hippo on Monday oh, night. Class. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. The burgers were pretty awesome. So it was uh, my eldest's uh, 11th birthday. She is almost turned into a teenager she didn't get up till after 10 o'clock yesterday and after nine today so that's it is it just is it just downhill from here i don't know yes yes
2: (laughs) i i have my lovely supper all lined up for a a little while after we've finished so i'm looking forward to that
1: what's it going to be kath
2: it's now, should I tell you that it's uh, pre prepared or should I pretend that I've made it myself but it's uh, ravioli? Oh,
1: nice. <laughs> Possibly
2: from a major um, food outlet nearby.
1: <laughs> Sorry, nobody's judging you, Kath. It's fine. Oh, please, we all feel, like ravioli. Feel free. <laughs> I didn't make the fish and chips. So no
2: yeah i don't think you should ever make fish and chips i think it's it's the thing you must buy from a fish and
0: chip shop
1: yes oh totally
0: i remember when we worked together many many years ago dom uh, you would always sort of ask people what are you having for your tea
1: yeah it's well it's a it's the first thing i think about when i wake up in the morning usually it's my um, <laughs> evening meal i start planning it instantly because we were working in outreach at the time weren't we and, yeah uh, food was always the thing that brought everybody together in those projects you, you had to have like uh treats and a, a bit of a spread to celebrate a project mm. coming together over food was what would um break down barriers and get people talking to each other so yeah I would, yeah that's why one of the reasons that i was obsessed with food but i have to say i still am
0: <laughs> shall we introduce uh, this week's guest interview
1: oh yeah i'm excited yep. about this one
0: so earlier last month, I managed to catch up with Paul Kell, a.k.a. Kelvis, who is the lead singer and Elvis impersonator frontman of Elvana, Elvis fronted Nirvana tributes. Um, they hail from the northeast; They're based locally um, in Newcastle. And last year was a record year for them playing Download and Glastonbury. Uh, so here is me and Paul talking about performing on stage Happiness, fake tans and hanging Elvis jumpsuits on the washing line. Hi Paul.
3: Hi Alex, how are you?
0: I'm alright, how are you?
3: Good, yes, I'm very well, thank you, very well indeed. It's um, looking a bit overcast outside and it's supposed to be Glastonbury this weekend, isn't it? So it's probably... Gonna rain? going to yark it down (laughs) isn't it but glastonbury last year was glorious sunshine so who knows um, it's
0: it's kind of tradition though isn't it that either at download or glastonbury it hoys it down with rain it's
3: always the same glastonbury and wimbledon isn't it rain actually yeah
0: it's wimbledon is it next week i think wimbledon starts
3: it is happening as well is it
0: they're kind of doing a best of, I think. So uh, yeah, okay. looking looking back through the years.
3: Yeah, yeah, which is what they're doing for Glastonbury this weekend as well. I think they're doing Glastonbury this weekend.
0: Oh, just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it?
3: Doesn't it? <laughs> so we all get to sit indoors and watch highlights of Coldplay playing at Glastonbury for the eight millionth time.
0: I've I've never been. It's been one of those things that I've just never got round to doing, and I've you know, it's just it seems just such an incredible place to to go.
3: It's totally amazing. It's massive. It's not at all um, like any other festival I've ever been to. It's enormous. It's a whole city basically. So many stages. You you can't ever make any plans to go and see anything in particular because you get caught up and lost and just mesmerised by all the things that you see on the way to trying to go and see the Foo Fighters or whoever. But the first time I went was um, one of those years where it rained really heavily (laughs) when you see photos of people swimming about in mud with big grins on their faces and that wasn't me at all. I wasn't one of the happy, muddy people.
0: <laughs> it, it just sounds like my idea of hell. I'm a bit of a moniker when it comes to tidiness and things. and Like, oh, that just, yeah, does not appeal at all.
3: No, no. So, uh, well, I totally agree. And it, it, no, I mean, there was tents swimming past you as you sort of glumly sat in your tent watching them uh, go by. Um, but last year, which was the first year we got to perform at Glastonbury, um The weather was absolutely amazing. And it was just a totally different experience. And I I was hooked last year. It was like, oh, right, okay. This is what everyone gets (laughs) excited about. This is it. And it was a totally different uh, beast altogether. It was amazing.
0: So do you think that change of of feeling was because you were there as a performer rather than a... uh,
3: I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, we were performing on some of the smaller stages. So it's not like it's all glamorous for the performers you know uh you, you generally at glastonbury your if you're a smaller band your earnings are your ticket so you get your ticket to go in and perform um, the, the honor
0: of being there
3: it's the honor of being at glastonbury and performing at glastonbury so uh we we didn't camp because we had other gigs booked around about the same time as well so we would end up leaving at the end of the day in the van and staying in a not so glamorous hotel a premier Inn or something uh and but you know obviously you'd have the comfort of a nice mm-hmm. warm cozy bed at the end of the day so that definitely made the difference yeah um but y- yeah it was no different you're just exactly the same as everyone else when you're performing there you have to lug the gear around to get to the various obscure stages and uh you know, um, try and book a slot for a van to come and pick you up to get you back out again, and <laughs> there's loads of traffic and people to get through and stuff. So it's it it can be quite stressful, but
0: a, a good workout as well. Then if you're lugging uh, gear, it around. is,
3: yeah, it is, it is. It's a, a very good workout. I remember distinctly because we performed on the Saturday. Um, Last year, I distinctly remember lugging the gear down to the site that we were supposed to be playing and hearing in the distance Kylie Minogue playing the locomotion. Oh,
0: no way.
3: Um, and being gutted because we wanted to go and see uh, Kylie, but being even more so gutted when we heard uh, Nick Cave come on stage with her as well. <laughs> oh, I would have loved to have seen that. I was totally gutted uh, that I missed that. But... So
0: so tell, tell me why you were, why you were there. What's... Ah. What brought you to Glastonbury?
3: So, well, we uh, were invited to perform as our tribute act to Elvana, um, which we never, ever thought we'd get the opportunity to do. (laughs) Um, And we were invited to perform by three separate stages. So we had three different shows throughout the weekend.
0: Now, I bet there's not many bands that can say... We've performed three times at Glastonbury, not no, just once. but Three no. times
3: in the same weekend. Yeah, so we might not tell people in future that it was all on the same weekend. We might say, oh well, we've played Glastonbury yeah. three times. Nobody that needs to very, know. No, no, it sounds very impressive. But yeah, we we got as a sort of um, hybrid tribute entertainment act. Uh, we are deemed the perfect sort of act for Glastonbury. So. Along with uh, a lot of the other um, theatrical performances, we get booked for more than one slot on the weekend. So uh, the guys who booked us for Glastonbury booked us for the Thursday night uh, at a stage called Williams Green, which is um, sort of where the party starts. Uh, It's the first stage to open up on the Thursday night when everyone gets there. And then we got booked for Greenpeace on the Saturday afternoon. So that was sort of a, a daytime show. And then we also got booked for a stage called Shangri-La on the Sunday night, which was the after-show party. So we're sort of the nice. you know warmer-upper <laughs> and the cooler-downer band as well. <laughs> so we performed on Thursday night... Um, to thousands of people it was incredible the Thursday night because there wasn't any other major acts on I guess so we got the crowd on Thursday night which was incredible um and then Saturday afternoon was equally incredible because loads of people who hadn't got the chance to see us on the Thursday night got in to see us on the Saturday and then on the Sunday night um we thought everyone would have gone home, but apparently, after going to see The Cure, everyone wandered <laughs> on down to see Elvana for the third time that weekend. I think word had got out by that point, and and people were sort of saying, "Oh, did you see that Elvis fronted Nirvana tribute?" <laughs> no, I didn't. What are you talking about, you madman? Uh, and and then uh, they um, yeah they chose to come and see us on Sunday night as well, which was incredible. I mean, it was at midnight on Sunday night, I think.
0: Oh, well past my bedtime.
3: You can imagine at Glastonbury, though, it was party town. I'm sure Glastonbury doesn't actually finish till the following Monday as well. People just hang around there yeah, until yeah. they're literally turfed off the ground by the people picking up the litter.
0: So where did you get the idea for Elvis' fronted Nirvana?
3: <sighs> um, I... Don't know is the honest answer. Um, It was a collaboration of ideas, silly ideas. Um, But we, me and the other guys in the band have been in bands for years. We've been in bands since we were at school. Um, In fact, in the early days we used to cover Nirvana. Um, So it seems weird that we've come back round from 13 year olds covering Nirvana to (laughs) 40 year olds covering Nirvana. Shh, Shh. (laughs) But we um, used to do cover songs when we were kids at at the local high school and stuff. And uh, as the band developed and grew, we started to write our own material. And it was always the plan to write our own songs and be a big, rich, famous rock band. And that was the plan. And as we sort of grew up through our teens and early 20s, that was all we wanted to do. Um, But life sort of took over and we all sort of, started to go in different directions, everyone getting day jobs and having kids and reality of everyday life. Um, but one or two of us uh, just absolutely love performing, continued performing in bands. And um, my brother-in-law, Danny, who plays guitar in Elvana, um, he was asked to a friend's, uh, it could be a 30th birthday party, to perform some covers, and he asked me if I'd come and sing along with him, um, and I asked him what we were doing, and well, just stuff we know, you know, stuff mm-hmm. from the 90s that everyone likes, like in the good old days, <laughs> so we, we decided to do Nirvana, um, and I think it was a fancy dress party, so we just had this idea, oh, let's do Elvana, and I'll dress up like Elvis, any excuse to put an <laughs> Elvis costume on, Um it wouldn't be the first time in my life. So any excuse to put an Elvis jumpsuit on and the rest of the guys um, would be Elvis's backing band and dress up a bit like Nirvana in the In Bloom video, smart tux mm-hmm. outfits. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was it really. It wasn't like one massive brainwave like, oh, this is going to be, you know, it was just a silly idea. Um, and we went and performed for uh, said friend's fancy dress birthday party. And everyone sort of stood with their mouths wide open, like, <laughs> what on earth are you lot doing? Who does this guy think he is in the Elvis costume singing Nirvana? But something that clicked, and after we'd finished doing it, people were coming up to us and saying, oh, that was really, really good. You should do that again.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so we did do it again. We did it for, we put our own little show on at the uh, the Central in Gateshead, uh, just on the other side of the, the Tyne Bridge. And uh, I think it sold out, but it was only you know 100 cup venue, and mm-hmm. I think it sold out. And then all of a sudden, word started to get round, and people who weren't friends and family started to come in to watch this weird Elvis-fronted Nirvana <laughs> tribute. <laughs> and we played the usual haunts in Newcastle, so I think we played the uh, the Clooney, and I think we played the, um, the the Bridge Hotel, and then we got asked to play the Newcastle Academy. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point that we realised that we had people wanting to come and watch the show, who and actually
0: pay money, <laughs>
3: would actually pay money to come and watch this idiot pretending to be Elvis <laughs> singing the Barna tunes. Um, and and the the smaller room upstairs at the academy, I think we were close to selling out when um, uh, a, a guy called Phil Beavers, who manages Newcastle Academy, he. Um, said you know this is really really good guys do you want to do a a tour of the academies I've, 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 and by which said we were like absolutely nah, yeah, you're right <laughs> yeah no 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 don't do that and this was you know this is sort of everything we'd ever wanted to do you know a tour around the UK of academy venues you know it was it, we couldn't believe it and you're actually going to pay us um <laughs> So, so yeah, so that was how, how that was the sort of transition between silly idea party to Elvana the band becoming a thing. At the time, I was just um, hiring uh, Elvis jumpsuits from a local, you know, fancy dress shop as well. <laughs> I mean. if if you think the suits look bad now you should have seen the suit then
0: oh I need to see a picture Oh, if you
3: look at the photos they were unbelievable yeah the legs because I've got short legs and the legs were like way too long the legs were really like hanging really far down so I trip up over the legs um, and I used to put an uncomfortable amount of uh, fake tan on to sort of have the Elvis tan going nice totally overdid it again if you if you look at the photos now it wouldn't be acceptable um
0: (laughs) i think i should i should point out as well that we're we're sort of neighbors aren't we you know we sort of live on the same street and Mm. there has been a couple of times where you've opened the front door and you've just been bright orange and i'm like (laughs) ah you've you've had a gig on have you (laughs) yeah
3: yeah well we can talk about the tan because yes uh, there, there are neighbors such as yourself who have only found out that I sing in an Elvis-fronted Nirvana tribute because of the tan. (laughs)
0: You've had to explain yourself. (laughs) I've had to
3: explain myself. They've seen me, like, walking the dog or in the the playground, dropping the kids off at school, and they're like... "Um, So, Paul, you look uh, pretty tan there. Have you been abroad? or I'm like, no, it's a fake tan. Oh, right, uh, fake tan. You know, sort of starting to think about changing the conversation. And then obviously because you've got fake tan on, you're like, well, there is a reason I've got fake tan on. I'm a singer Whatever.
0: whatever. in
3: an Elvis-fronted Nirvana tribute, by which point people are just utterly confused and have to go away and... Google it and YouTube it. And then a couple of days later or a couple of weeks later, they'll come back. Oh, I, I went and I Googled and I saw you on YouTube. and you, you are, you're in a band and you play for loads of people, don't you? Like, yeah, I, it wasn't a lie. It wasn't an elaborate lie <laughs> to cover up the fact that I'm wearing fake tan. Um, but the fake tan, I have, you mentioned friends earlier, and I, I, I generally do it by hand with the mitt and I'll just do the, the triangle, the Elvis triangle, so i'll do the face and the the top v of where my chest is revealed on the elvis oh, suit. it
0: looks it looks great man
3: but well there was, there was one time I did actually go and do the whole tanning booth thing um and I again I explained to the lady in the in the shop what I was doing and that I wanted an Elvis tan, and we went for a a, a six or a nine or something. I don't know what we went for. But I came out looking like full on.
0: I, I've, I've got a vision of like Ross, Ross and friends. Exactly. When he, uh, it was yeah. like
3: that. It was like God. that. And I, I lay on my hands as well when I was in bed, which I didn't realise at the time would be a thing. So I woke up the following day with orange palms as well. Nice. That was terrible. And try explaining that to the neighbours. That was... <laughs> That was a I just one. I just
0: don't ask any questions anymore I just go No, ask, well that's
3: it. So so, so my neighbors will often see either Elvis jumpsuits hanging out on the washing line at the back <laughs> or me wandering up and down the street with a with a ridiculous fake tan. So if you see me neighbors then that's what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> so where did this love of um sort of performing come from you sort of said it sort of started early you know in your sort of teens sort of performing with friends and stuff but
3: yeah I mean I've, I've always loved performing and I, I, I put myself as I, I would say I'm a performer first and foremost I'm not a singer not a musician a performer and um at school I, I loved being in school plays and I loved um I was in the 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 that like did like a drama class on the weekend, loved anything like that. Would perform in my house with uh, my sister Louise, she would sort of, you know, when you're kids and you put on a performance for parents and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So I always loved doing that. And I think when my friends, my peers started the school band, it was like finding my slot in the band. And I sort of tried picking up a guitar, it wasn't happening couldn't afford a drum set didn't have the space for a drum set so that wasn't happening um and by default the role as the sort of front man landed at my feet because I was the one who wasn't afraid of performing wasn't afraid of prancing around and sort of making a fool of myself and um
0: I was going to say that takes an awful lot of confidence to be able to stand in front of you know, two, three, four thousand people and yeah,
3: just... I, well, I don't know where it comes from, to be honest. <laughs> There's a bit of an ego hiding in here. Um, well, it's not hiding, is it really? There's a bit of an ego. But I think uh, the transition to to doing Elvis and, and being an Elvis front of De it's one thing to do as, as being a school band and perform in front of your friends. It's another thing to perform in front of thousands of people at a festival, and I think... The Elvis jumpsuit and the sunglasses are really helpful because you can become that character. Mm. You can be that character, and people don't know who you are. This is an exclusive, by the way. You've got Elvis uncovered because I normally do. Uh, I normally have the accent going. You know, I normally put the Elvis voice on when I'm doing interviews. So this is a first. Um, but yeah, I think I think being able to wear the the jumpsuits and uh, the the sunglasses and hide behind the persona helps mm-hmm. i mean that is me you know i'm i'm perfectly happy to prance around and perform and um and dance about do dad dancing in front of thousands of people but i think if you can hide behind the costume that sort of helps oh well he's just being elvis so yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so what is it about performing then that makes you so happy and you know cause this is you know a, a, an interview for our our podcast the geordie guide yes. to happiness what, what is it about performing that that makes you happy
3: well, I, you know, I, I think there is a obviously an element of um, the feeling you get when you walk on stage and you have a hundred, thousand people cheering for you, uh, which is an incredible feeling, you know, to make people feel that way, feel really happy about themselves and... Uh, People always buy into the whole Elvis Nirvana thing as well. So people do the -the over-the-top screaming for Elvis and, you know, grabbing for Elvis. And (laughs) Elvis sometimes chucks flowers out into the adoring crowd. and uh, You know, so there's... I think it's that way it makes me feel, but also the way it makes other people feel as well. And I think entertaining people, whether you're... uh, uh, a, a singer a dancer an actor a comedian I think it, it's just that uh that way of bringing people together isn't it mm, mm. um in a really unique way uh that makes everyone in the room smile at the same time and uh it obviously gives me a huge buzz to be able to make people feel that way so I think uh probably from an early age I've just seen entertaining people as a means of uh, don't want to get too deep on this but entertaining people as a means to to make me feel really great uh, as well um, so it's a it's a it's a, a, a mutual thing it's an, a, a joint enjoyment and I think it's a, a way of bringing people together to make them happy and to make me happy um, and I so- love that.
0: What is it, do you think, then, about music, whether it's Elvis, Nirvana, mm-hmm. um, the Beatles, Katy Perry, whoever it may be? You know, yeah. what, what is it about music, do you think, that makes well, people happy, brings happiness?
3: I think from from my point of view, um, when when we perform Elvis and Nirvana, the one thing that always really strikes me is that it's – the majority of people who come to see us are Nirvana fans, so mm. they come to listen to and enjoy the songs of Nirvana – but as soon as we start performing Elvis, people go nuts. You know, people go crazy. Everyone sings along to all the Elvis parts. Um, and I think that is certainly from a live point of view, that is one of the things that people really get out of music. It's that community. It's that everyone's singing along at the same time. Yeah. Um, and enjoying each other. Um, it, I suppose it's like if you go to a football match, isn't it? And the, the crowd are all singing the various football songs to support their team. It's the buzz of being there with all those other people. The excitement um, of people who have the same interest as you, the same enjoyment as you, uh, coming together to celebrate it together. Yeah. Um, so certainly that from live music, that's that's what I take as the enjoyment and and what makes people happy is to be able to celebrate stuff together. It's one thing to sit in the house, isn't it? And to listen to uh, your favourite artist, you know, sit and listen to, like say, Katy Perry or Nick Cave. They're two extreme examples. (laughs) Just a bit. (laughs) Or I I say Nick Cave because I've got tickets booked to go and see Nick Cave. um, Well, it's next year now. It should have been this year, but it's next year. Um, But it's one thing to sit and listen to his... Record in the house and enjoy it, but it's another thing to listen it to it with somebody else who yeah. enjoys it as well. Yeah, you know, so sitting in the car with a best friend, saying, oh, "Turn in that track up that you really enjoy and listening to it together." So then you amplify that with a thousand, or if if you go into a, a stadium show, you know, tens of thousands of people all singing at the same time, and it's just that spine tingle, isn't it? That mm. that moment that you're just really really enjoying live music and that to me is what live music's all about you know sharing it with other people yeah. um, has
0: there has there been any kind of particular events gigs that have really kind of stood out for you as being a particularly happy moment
3: oh yeah i mean it, it, in terms of elvana the you know the the bucket list just keeps getting ticked all the time all these <laughs> things we never thought we'd get the chance to do doing um but I, I think, you know, sometimes the happy accidents where we'll be singing a Nirvana song like All Apologies or You Know You're Right and the band will stop playing. But the crowd will continue singing it after it's mm-hmm. finished, chanting the chorus. Um, that That's and that's the sort of stuff that you can't make up. That just sort of happens accidentally. And then you try and recreate that and it never quite works the same. Um but in terms of concerts or shows that we've performed, um, the festivals have been just unbelievable. It's it's one thing for us to do our own shows, which are incredible, but the festivals, what we do, the entertainment factor of Elvana, really, it, it just comes home at festivals. So um, we mentioned Glastonbury before, I think one of the most incredible moments ever uh, for me was performing at Glastonbury and Williams Green. On the Thursday night. I think I've got some footage of it, which I'll send to you after. That'd be great. We've spoken so you can see, but the, the the resounding cheer as Elvana came onto the stage and seeing all those people, I mean, we filled the tent and we could have filled the tent five times, I think, for the amount of people who spilled out into the main um, walkway. Um, so that was an incredible feeling. Uh, everyone singing along and cheering and getting dressed up and... Buying into the whole performance, um, and uh, download festival as well. We did last year. That's the biggest crowd we've ever played to, bar none. Um, tens of thousands of people. That was scary. <laughs> Why was really it scary? scary? Why? Well, um, just the amount of people. Because I, I I love entertaining as many people as possible, but I wasn't prepared psychologically. <laughs> Looking out and seeing that many people at once, it just wasn't, and my brain it just didn't compute. So the whole thing felt like a total out of body experience.
0: It's probably because um, you didn't think about it, or else you might not have uh, stepped out on stage. Well,
3: I, I, I ran out onto stage, and it was one of those things where you run out and go, "Oh right, I might just <laughs> turn around and run back the other <laughs> way." Um, but it, it was incredible. But I, I, I'm not sure we were prepared for it at that point. It was the first festival we did last summer. And by far the biggest festival that we did. And on reflection, I sort of, I'm desperate to go back because I want to do more. I want to learn the craft of being able to, you, you know, when you see one of your favourite artists just take control of an audience that size. Uh, I'd, I'd love to do that. So I want to go back. But that was amazing incredible feeling to play to that many people but i split my pants at that particular performance as well
0: (laughs) of course you did
3: (laughs) i don't know if i told you that one but uh, elvis often likes to go down into the crowd right and um put put his foot up on the barrier like a proper rock and roll icon (laughs) um and i didn't realize that the download barriers were a bit higher than my normal stretching ability for um I mean my leg didn't struggle too much but the suit did did and so I put my foot up onto the barrier and felt the rip it was about three songs into the set and I thought oh god you know when you hear it you can just feel it <laughs> And I was down in the crowd, so I thought, well, I'll just hide down in the crowd for a bit and just entertain at the front so nobody sees. Um, and I can have a chance to look at what the damage is and how bad it is. And if it's really that bad, you know, if everything's hanging out, then I'm just going to have to stay down the front here. So anyway, I, I figured out that it wasn't too bad. Part of my leg was showing. but um, So I announced to the crowd that Right, Elvis has just split his pants and the whole place erupted. It was amazing. People just went crazy as soon as they realised. I went back up on stage and sort of showed this audience of tens of thousands of people that had ripped my pants in the middle. but it totally endeared the audience to us. It was the weirdest thing, it and it was, was Elvis.
0: Like, Elvis split his pants, not not yeah, Paul. Exactly, not fine.
3: Paul. It was Elvis. But it was almost <laughs> like it was it was it was meant to happen because from that moment onwards, we we had the audience that were there because mm-hmm. this sort of it was this car crash thing going on in front of them, and we had their full support. You know, just some. Some dude prancing around on stage with an Elvis jumpsuit on rips his pants down the ball and um yeah it, it it was amazing i mean the the whole show was brilliant, um but that was the point where we we had everyone, so it was embarrassing, but again, you can see footage of that on YouTube.
0: Excellent, um, I'll uh, I'll Google it later, or I'll
3: send I'll send you a link to put on the bottom of your uh, of your podcast. But um, yeah, people can search for the moment where you see Elvis's face change slightly as he realizes <laughs> that he's ripped his pants down the middle. But it's all good fun, you know. Stuff like yeah. that ha- happens to us all the time, and it's part of the fun. It means we can tell funny stories, doesn't it? Like yeah, this, like this,
0: and
3: and look, and look back on it and enjoy it and laugh at it. Um yeah.
0: I think happiness as well is about memory-making, isn't it? It's mm. um, that, that thought that, yeah, you're doing all this stuff and then in years to come, you'll be able to to look back and think about those that time you ripped your pants on the download oh, yeah. stage. And, yeah.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, I think uh, I would entirely agree. All the little stories that we have from being on tour and um, I could tell you lots. I probably couldn't tell you some of them as well, but we've got... Lots of silly things that Elvis has done when he goes out in the crowd. I've been out in the crowd, lost my microphone, so, like, we've had to stop the whole gig and turn the lights on while the whole crowd (laughs) tries to move out of the way so Elvis can find his microphone and uh, silly things like that. Oh, happiness. Here's an amazing story. Um, We had, and again, I'll send you a link to this, we had a couple ask us if... um, Oh, sorry, we had a, a young lady contact us and asked us if we would mind if she proposed to her uh, fiancé
0: oh, at one of our shows. Oh, that could go either way.
3: <laughs> yeah, and we were a bit like that. We were like, oh, do we really want to do this? It could be weird and it might go really badly. And But she, she kept on at us. She kept asking if it would be all right for her to do so. So we did this little setup whereby we invited uh we, we asked down in the crowd look we've got a, a little segment for the for the next part of the show and we'd like to invite a couple up onto the show to help us out with this part of the show uh, and we knew what she looked like so we spotted her out in the crowd and we said oh, right, you madam could you come up on stage with you and if you got a fellow with you could you bring him up as well so they came up on stage and the guy had no idea. He really had no idea. Oh, he, no. he just thought he was being invited <laughs> up on stage for um just some segment of the show, some silly segment that we were doing. And then you could see as, his, as the realisation kicked in where she got down on one knee and started to do this whole speech and the crowd was cheering and uh he said yes. I don't want to, you know, keep you in suspense. He said yes. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> but it was amazing. It was Aww. such a buzz. It was so nice. It was such a genuine, sincere moment. Um, and then we played Can't Help Falling In Love With You, I think, for them, which is their song. Um, and it was just a real moment of joy. And that, mm-hmm. that's, that'll thats that really stick with me, That that we were able to facilitate that for those... The, those people, that couple. Um, mm. Hopefully, they're still going to get married as well. I, I'm, we haven't been sent a wedding invite yet or anything like that. Well, but... I
0: should hope you uh, would get an invite. Yeah. Seeing as, as you kind so. of uh, instigated the whole thing. Unless they
3: go to Vegas and get married by a professional Elvis impersonator. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. We'll let them off if they do that. Because that's...
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did. I mean, I know you know this, but um, yeah, myself and my wife, we got married in Las Vegas by an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> Over thirteen years ago now, when Elvana wasn't even an idea at that point, so there you go. That's weird. Something must have settled in my mind.
0: So this, so this El, yeah, this Elvis thread obviously runs mm. runs through, doesn't it? There's that It does. Clear. It
3: runs. It runs deep, and uh, I, you know, I've always been a sort of fan of Elvis. Um. But my mother, she's a massive fan of Elvis. She's like a huge fan to the point where one of her pleasures in life—this is pleasures in life—is uh, prepping the Elvis jumpsuits for the for the shows that we do. So, what, what does
0: prepping a jumpsuit mean?
3: For for want of a better word, cleaning them. You know, like. From the previous show, and 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 putting the rhin- like any rhinestones that have fallen off of them, the you know the little um, sequins and stuff like that, she tidies them, neatens them up, makes sure that they're looking perfect, and prepares them for the next show. But she absolutely loves it. It's like a thing now that me and my mum have got with each other, like the Elvis jumpsuits. She never thought that her son would have a wardrobe <laughs> full of Elvis jumpsuits that she can preen and, you know, get involved in. She Do, loves it. Does
0: she have a jumpsuit?
3: She doesn't. No, she doesn't. She, we, she's got um, some Elvana merchandise. We got a, I, for, it was her birthday the other day and we gave her an Elvana necklace for her birthday, which has got a little Elvana logo on it. Sterling silver.
0: Very nice, very nice.
3: Yeah, no expense nice. bed. No expense bed. So she loves that, but she ha- no, she hasn't got a jumpsuit. I can't say that she hasn't tried one on while I'm not there. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, who wouldn't?
3: Well, this is it. This is it. Exactly. I mean, anyone would, wouldn't they? I mean, you know, it's just the like I've basically designed this entire thing just to wear Elvis jumpsuits, haven't I? That's all it is. Did you,
0: did you need an excuse, though, really?
3: How, how can I do this? How it's a very elaborate way. <laughs> Elvis jumpsuits on a weekly basis. There's um, I think there are eight jumpsuits now that I have in my possession.
0: Do, do you have a particular one that makes you particularly happy? Do you have one that uh, brings Good you joy? Point.
3: I have the bright pink one. That brings Mm. me a lot of joy. I love putting that on because it's the sort of colour you, you know, just would not normally expect to allow yourself to go out wearing. Um, And I love it. It's like almost a luminous pink jumpsuit. I love that one. And that makes me extremely happy. It's covered in hearts as well. It's supposed to be like a King of Hearts vibe to it. Uh, So that makes me really happy. I've got a blue one, like an aqua blue one with um with dollar signs all over it which is supposed to be a never mind sort of vibe to it. We've got two white ones. Oh one one of the white ones is a replica of Evil Knievel's jumpsuit. <laughs> as you do of course. again as you do. Uh, but it says uh, so it says evils on the front of it instead of Elvis which is very
0: cool. clever. And so are I... are they um are they inspired by Elvis? Are they designs that he may have worn
3: yeah the original one was which is like an american eagle which is the one i wear most of the time because that's the one that's sort of associated most closely with elvis Mm -hmm. and that's the white one so apart from that i think all the other ones are sort of being inspired by either just oh you know the sort of material colors that we've found let's do a bright pink one or they've been inspired by an a nirvana song um like I say, the blue one was inspired by the Nirvana Nevermind album cover. Mm-hmm. And the pink one was sort of heart-shaped box. I sing heart-shaped box when I wear the pink suit, so it sort of fits It all it. goes together, yeah. It does, so they've all got a little space that they fill, but there's always new ideas for new jumpsuits. My, and going back to my mum, she's desperate for me. Elvis had this one with a massive peacock down the front of it. Okay. For some reason, she's desperate for me to, to get that one. Oh, you, You've got to do the peacock one, Paul. Gotta do the peacock. So are, are you, are you we'll complaining
0: do about doing a peacock one? That sounds fabulous.
3: Not at all, not at all. I've got a a, a baby pink one, I think, in a, a Cadillac pink, let's say. Okay. In the in in the working. Um and then yeah, maybe the the peacock might come next. I think it has yeah. to. Mm. mm. I think it does.
0: So thinking about happiness. Back yes. to happiness. Let's do it. If you're not performing, what other things are you doing to kind of help you maintain a good happiness level?
3: Um, well, I spend a lot of time with my family mm-hmm. when I'm not performing, which makes me extremely happy. And obviously when I'm away, I miss them desperately. So coming home is always fantastic. So going mm-hmm. away is great and performing is great. But coming home is fantastic because it means I get to spend time with my wife and my lovely daughter. Um obviously we are in a time of lockdown at the minute um so i have although i've sadly not been able to um perform with my bandmates and do any shows um i've been spending a lot of time at home with my daughter um homeschooling and i've found that to be a really fun, positive experience. I think we'll look back on it. And we all have days where it's a bit like, ah, go back to school. You know, and we're all getting on top of each other a little bit. But I've, in general, found it to be a really lovely experience um, and something that I think we'll look back on in in years to come and go, you know, that was actually a a really special time. Mm. Even though it was a, you know, overwhelmingly negative time for a lot of people. I think in 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 our little cocoon, um, we're trying to look on it as a really positive thing. So that spending time with my daughter makes me really, really happy. Um, when I'm not spending time with family, I uh, have a day job, and my day job is as a designer of strange and unusual products. <laughs> So, uh, that also makes me quite happy being creative, Mm -hmm. um, outside of the Elvana bubble. Um, Mm. I enjoy creativity. So I enjoy coming up with new ideas for new products or new, um, launches or new design ideas. Love that.
0: So what Um, is it about the creativity that makes you happy?
3: I think there is something that comes with being creative that is a sort of, an outlet for your emotions isn't it and I I think um, often coming up with something that you would deem to be unique or exciting or funny comes with a buzz and then when you present that idea to somebody else who really likes it and uh, wants to use it um, to, to sell that idea or to manufacture that idea and uh, replicate it and sell it to other people. There's a joy in that, isn't there? There's a joy in um, whatever your line of work is, there's a, a joy in presenting something to people that they um, reflect back in a positive way. Um, and, you know, in what I do, the day job, designing products um, for people to buy there is a, a sort of enjoyment a pleasure in people really enjoying liking those products buying them and uh giving them to other people as gifts as well and mm. for again that uh enjoyment passing on through to other people um so I love doing that love it I, I think I've you know I've I've always been um creative I wouldn't by any means I'm um, the best um artist or designer in the room but um you know, I'll have a go. Love a bit of Photoshop, me. Love but a bit of Photoshop. But I
0: don't think that matters, does it? You know you, ha- you know, you don't have to be a world-class artist to enjoy doing art, is it? It's yeah. about, as you say that, just having exactly. a go and, and, and taking exactly. part in doing
3: it. Uh, you know, what would Bob Ross do? Bob Ross, he would just say <laughs> that. And Bob Ross is a hero of mine, so... Bob Ross is just like it's all about happy accidents isn't it and uh, there is no right and wrong and no yeah. such thing as a mistake um <laughs> so yeah so I'm I'm definitely you know I'm not a, a fine artist but I would say a you know more design led artist I mm. enjoy to do that uh so yeah so um I, I enjoy um design a lot um and then I'm a bit of a nerd so I like a bit of Geek culture, I read a lot of comic books, watch a lot of movies, um, listen to a lot of music, uh, go to the odd comic con to buy nerdy toys. and. You know.
0: has, has Elvis ever gone to comic con?
3: Not yet, no. That's mm. weird, isn't it? You mm. should do, shouldn't he? Yeah, maybe. I've 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 not over, through my job. I've I've been to a lot of different comic cons. I've been lucky enough to be to the comic con in San Diego <gasps> a couple of times, which is a mecca for for nerds like myself. Um, I'd,
0: I'd just be too overwhelmed by it all.
3: <laughs> oh, it is. It's you need to you need to spend a week there, you know, and just do every. You need to do a sweep of the comic con. And then go back again and again and again and round it a hundred times before you 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 know you decide what you're going to spend your money on. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing. And um, so I, uh, but I, I haven't taken Elvis uh, to a comic con yet. But that's not to say I won't. But do I not need to like dress up as Elvis, but have a stormtrooper helmet on as well, or something like that? Maybe. I think there is a stormtrooper Elvis somewhere in the world, you know. You know how you have lots of obscure Elvis impersonators?
0: Yeah, maybe a Boba Fett one.
3: Yeah, Mm. that's a good idea. Boba, Mm. Boba. uh, A Boba Fett
0: costume, you know, Boba Fett Elvis jumpsuit. Elvis, yeah. I'm I'm,
3: I'm trying to come up with a a Boba Fett pun, Elvis pun off the top of my head, (laughs) and I can't at the minute. Boba Fett, Boba, Boba Fett of burning love I don't know if, I, a Boba Fett of burning love I'm just a Boba Fett of burning love I'll come up with something
0: all right then you do that
3: yeah definitely <laughs> next time we do a podcast cast I'll have come up with a, an idea for that but yeah oh, so I, I enjoy doing that in my pastime. that gets me a, a lot of pleasure I think the escapism mm-hmm. of of uh sort of sci-fi and geek culture um you know, I get a lot of pleasure out of that. And again, it's stuff that you can share with friends and there's communities of people you can talk to about your favourite films and your favourite comic books and stuff like that. So um, I do, I enjoy that. And obviously experiencing in terms of comic books and graphic novels and stuff, Mm -hmm. enjoying other people's artistry and, um, you know, stories and artwork and stuff like that. Absolutely love it. So... So, yeah.
0: So, yeah. (laughs) Those are my hobbies and stuff.
3: (laughs) Those are my hobbies that give me pleasure and make me happy.
0: So, do you have any um, tips for people that are listening that have, you know, maybe there's someone out there who's been, you know, in a band for years and Mm. it's just, you know, tips for them or, or, you know, for young people who are starting out?
3: Yeah, it sounds like a bit of a cliche, doesn't it, when you say, well, just don't give up on your dreams. You know, don't give up on it. But seriously, like, don't. Because, I, I, I mean, we had done the whole band thing for years. You know, I've been doing it since I was 15, 16. Um, and nothing had ever really come of it. And seemingly no great success. Although we had a, an amazing time with friends. I mean, that, that that's part of the joy, isn't it? The experience of it. Yeah. So, um nothing had ever necessarily come of it, but we had an amazing time with some amazing friends and we wrote some songs. You know, how great is that? We wrote our own songs and, you know, we've got a lot of them recorded. So, um, but but financially, we never really made any money. We couldn't necessarily make a living out of it. Um, But then what do you know, like 20 years later and a friend says oh do you want to just do a tribute act thing which we thought would be a bit of a laugh and now it's turned into something that if we weren't on lockdown at the minute i could be actually making a full-time career out of you know mm. um so not only getting to enjoy performing and singing songs that i love to do but actually getting paid full-time to do it as well so i would say to to budding musicians uh budding tribute act artists you know (laughs) there's you know there's so much stuff out there that you can do and uh, definitely don't stop doing it because don't stop doing it because oh you know I'm not going to make it because there's no such thing as making it is there really it's just like do it just enjoy doing it and if something comes out of it that means you can enjoy doing it full time and make money from doing it then that's that's even better but it's not the be all and end all it's the enjoyment out of doing yeah. it yeah and I would say being in a band is just one of the most fun things uh you can do and that's coming as not even a musician I'm let's say I'm with a band actually I'm with the band I'm not in a band I'm with the band so
0: uh, I'm sure they uh, don't see it like that
3: well no no they don't <laughs> They know who's the real boss. So uh huh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh yeah, so that would be my main uh, bit of advice would just be to keep doing it and don't um don't don't see an end game as being like, Oh, we've have made it, haven't made it, just mm. do it. Before you know it, you will be doing it and if if you're lucky, you'll be doing it full time, so Yeah.
0: Well, on that note, it's been a pleasure, mm. Paul. Oh, it's as
3: always, always a pleasure, Alex. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> I'll be seeing you again shortly in the playground, picking up some kids.
0: Very true. Don't 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 ruin the illusion.
3: No, no, I, I, I won't mention the school either. <laughs> That's fine.
0: Well, I'll see you in about 45 minutes then for the school run. Um, Thank you so much for having me, Alex.
3: It's been an absolute pleasure. I can only hope that we make other people as happy as uh, we have made each other speaking to each other this (laughs) afternoon.
0: Take care. Thank you. Yes,
3: you too. Speak to you soon. Bye, Alex. So
0: that was me talking to Paul. What did people think?
1: That was utter class.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: it was it was a superb superb listen. I I thought, and I don't know much about Elvis Presley, and I don't know much about people who do um, tribute bands, Uh, so we've got nothing in common in that respect. But
1: are you saying you're a mad keen Nirvana fan? (laughs) So
2: so when it Um, when he talked about being in Glastonbury when it was wet, I had a really good laugh and it also brought home how being wet out in the rain makes me feel happy as well. Uh. That's my happy place. (laughs) So I instantly had a a rapport with him at a level other than music. Um, (laughs) but the other Thing that he talked about was um, being part of a crowd who were all on the same in the same not physical space but emotionally we're all together. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was wonderful, and it took me right back to um, being in the Scottish Exhibition Centre a long, long time ago when Dire Straits was playing, and that was my first experience of being moved by a, a crowd. Um, so it just. Took me back, and I felt really happy when I was listening to it. So, so and he just radiated contentment. He he just was superb to listen to. Yeah, that was that was my thought on that one.
0: Cheers, Kath. What about you, Chris?
1: I don't know. Well, yeah, I thought it was great fun, Uh, and the fact that he's introduced me to the term the Elvis Triangle, uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I shall remember for a very very long time. I I I have to admit that I, I I kind of struggled to get an image in my head of what an elvis fronted uh nirvana tribute band would actually look and sound like so while i was listening to them, i was actually watching some of the youtube clips as well from uh from download and it just looked utterly fantastic there's this kind of crowd of people in the mosh pit just going absolutely bananas for it and just how great that must have felt to all of them you can see it on their faces in the band they're they obviously getting a heck of a buzz out of it um but I did, I did like his, his wee story about his pants. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, the particularly nice thing about that, because I'm the sort of person that is always kind of, I'm always kind of checking myself and just kind of making sure I'm doing the right thing. You know, it's uh, you know all tucked in and all kind of neat and not saying s- silly things. And I was just kind of just checking, checking in. Um, so it's really nice to kind of hear about a situation where somebody's you know, in front of so many people. It's kind of, Oh, rip pants. Oh, well, I might as well just get on with it, you know, and just kind of go with the flow and it's in the moment and it's all fine. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's a liberating feeling and I I, I respond really well to that. So yeah. thanks thanks yeah. for that interview, Alex. That was cool.
0: Good, good. No worries. What about you, Dom? Yeah. Anything to add?
1: Oh, it was just um, good to hear him um, talking about community and everybody singing along at the same time, giving yeah. him a buzz. Mm. Yeah, I can, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I quite liked that, what he was saying about that sort of that double happiness, you know, he he's happy when he's performing, and he's making other people happy by performing. Yeah. So it's kind of that everyone's happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, it's that win win win. Um, and mm-hmm. and for me, it's always so unusual seeing because I'm used to seeing Paul, you know, as I say, on the street as a neighbour. Um, and then watching him on stage is something completely, if, if, if we ever get back to kind of big gigs, um, it's a real spectacle what they, what Elvana do. So uh, it's, it's really good fun and sort of taken with a pinch of salt as well, I think. So, um,
2: <laughs> You're not
0: wrong. It was lovely
2: to hear about the background to Glastonbury. To what, what it was like to actually be oh, a yeah. performer in Glastonbury. I thought that was fascinating. I thought mm. that you can really see why people want to go and perform there. It just it was great.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, well, thank you, Paul, for your time. That was uh, that was a really interesting interview. So if you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we would love to hear from you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thegeordieguide to happiness.co.uk, or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Geordie Guide or Facebook, the Geordie Guide to Happiness. I should also mention our funders. This project wouldn't be possible without support from the Newcastle Cultural Investment Fund at the Community Foundation. So thank you for your support
1: yay Yay.
0: (laughs) next week we'll be chatting to joe who works for the community foundation who are supporting this project and joe will be talking to us about the newcastle cultural investment fund and the community foundation as well as her passion for outdoor swimming amongst other things so you'll hear me ask joe questions like this do you have any sort of top tips for maintaining or achieving happiness maybe on on a something on a sort of more day-to-day basis or something else and hear joe give answers like this take those little moments and not you don't have to blow them up and make them bigger than they are but just kind of sit in them and, and acknowledge them a little bit and just take a bit of time to do that so we've reached the end of another episode we hope you've enjoyed listening to the geordie guide to happiness so far thanks for joining us and we hope we'll see you again soon for our next episode I'm